0: Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things Smart Cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart-cities.
1: Welcome again to another episode of the Smart City Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Daniel Dennis of Runbrook here in Florida, West Palm Beach, actually. That's correct. Uh, Daniel, welcome. Thank uh, you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, since our theme here at the ARC Forum is sustainability, we're, um, we'll ask you to come here to talk about that. Um, can you give us a little bit
2: of uh, background about yourself and how you came to this industry? Absolutely. So um, I started working for design and construction in, when I was 16 years old. Uh, sort of a very typical story that you hear uh, where you start in the office, rolling up plans, making coffee, sort of you're the office gopher, right? Um, That was me for a while. And uh, then I started college and I studied construction management and uh, got a good base of uh, sort of what does a construction project look like from the Mm contractor side while concurrently working on the design side, right? And I think that sort of gives me a nice unique mix of uh, educational and professional experience that helps me sort of, speak the language of all the different players on the team right and so um about uh, i was about 2008 2010 we started seeing the green building movement really emerging right uh lead was at the forefront of people's minds a lot of people were getting Mm -hmm. their credentials and and so uh, the firm that i was working with at the time a mechanical engineering firm was taking on these projects and and uh didn't really know what they were getting into right Uh, it was sort of a new thing and um in some ways, they outkick their coverage, right? And so, um, I was the youngest guy in the office, and they said, "Hey, Danny, good luck, figure it out," <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, I hit the ground running, and um, somewhere along the line, I fell in love with it, right? Um, and today, um, you know, what what I feel is so rewarding about what we do is that we're able to do well and do good, right? And that's something that I that that motto, "Do well and do good," is something that I try to instill in our team. Um, do well for yourself obviously right but do good for your community the environment those around you right and if you can do those two things you'll in your in your workplace you'll live a fulfilling life in my opinion right and so we that's something that we try to champion over at Runbrook and so yeah so you know shortly after um, sort of falling in love with green building at the mechanical engineering firm I sort of switched over uh, to do sustainability full-time. And I did that for about eight years as a consultant, and about eighteen months ago, I was recruited uh, to join Runbrook as their president. And so I'm very blessed to be here today and talk to you about talk your ear off about well, the building. That,
1: that's that's great. So, um, can you scope out and describe you know what? So, what is sustainability engineering? What's mm. what's the the breadth of
2: it? Yeah. What kind of things are important today? Great question. So, um, the way that I describe what we do is we help project teams of owners, developers, architects, engineers, and various other stakeholders in the pursuit of some form of green building certification. How do we um, walk them through the design and construction process to make their buildings more energy and water efficient using uh, better products that provide better indoor air quality for occupants and things like that, right? And and so we're on board on a project basically from start to finish, right? A lot of times um, our clients will ask, well, when, when do you want to be engaged? I say as early as you'll have me, because if we can start um, on passive measures that don't necessarily require um, any additional funding, that will set us up for success. Right. And so we try to be part of the process from early on. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of holding, Right. In some in mm. some ways, I like to think of myself as a kindergarten teacher where I've got to sometimes I've got oh, to explain these concepts in sort of uh, very basic Terms and and walk people through it because, um, you know, sustainability is not always at the forefront of everybody's minds, right? Especially when in the design and construction industry, everything is I need it yesterday, right? And and a lot of times people fall back True. into sort of old habits and what they always do. Like I can't I can't uh, begin to tell you how many times I've heard, but Danny, I've been doing it this way for forty years.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> Indeed. So so uh, so Danny. Uh, you mentioned stakeholders. So that when I think of stakeholders, I'm a I'm a systems engineer, mm-hmm. and I think that this is a much more structured proce- process than being that kindergarten teacher. Mm. Uh, where does it start, and who are these stakeholders? How do you find them? What's a stakeholder? What's a mm. stakeholder community?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, most of our clients are uh, architects or developers, uh, but we always we try to be mindful of the occupant, the end user uh even the management company and that's what we mean by stakeholders who is who has their hand in this project in one way or another how can we address their wants and needs right and so um most of our clients like i said are architects and and or developers um i i sometimes joke that 90 percent of our clients don't want to be our clients right <laughs> that they they are because they have to be right oh, <laughs> and, so, and so uh whether it's some form of um municipal requirement or in south florida specifically um we have various municipalities that require some form of green building certification if your project is greater than X amount of square feet. It sort of depends okay. on each municipality. Or there's a funding arm where maybe you're getting some government funding and the government's saying, hey, you gotta make this thing sustainable. And so that's where we come in. <laughs> don't get me wrong, there are some clients out there that that they make sustainability a, a part of their mission statement. Um, and, and it's very refreshing to work with those people. Um, but most of the time it's, it's, hey, I don't know what this is. Walk me through it. And that's where the kindergarten teacher analogy comes from. So so help me with this. Um, Sustainability, I mean, some of us default just
1: to energy efficiency and energy conservation. Right. But I know you've mentioned in the past water Mm -hmm. and other aspects. What other type of things does sustainability engineering touch?
2: Uh, That's a great question. So one of the things that's often overlooked in what we do, I think, is uh, indoor environmental quality. Selecting materials that don't off gas and don't give nasty chemicals and VOCs uh, to the occupants over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ventilation, having air changes in in your home or or building is something that's often overlooked and people don't really think about it and it's not, so there are some conspicuous green features like you go into a hotel that has waterless urinals and you can see that there's no plumbing to them so it's conspicuous, right? Right. You see solar panels on the side of a building, Mm -hmm. oh okay. But the ventilation, the indoor air quality, the attention to source control, making sure that those materials that you've selected are are environmentally friendly and don't off-gas, that stuff is not really obvious, but it's so important. And it it makes up a huge part of what we do.
1: True. Uh, and Perhaps you can even comment on something as simple as if you have a very tightly sealed building, air quality may degrade from CO2 and, and different.
2: Right, and, and for years we've been building our buildings tighter and tighter, um, and in fact, most of the building codes encourage tight construction, and that's in direct conflict with indoor air quality, right? Because we used, to, uh, we used to bank on infiltration to be our air change, to be our ventilation. Now we're building tighter and tighter, and so there is very little air change, uh, and so you get stagnant air and you get sick building syndrome, right? And so the solution there is to provide some form of mechanical ventilation, some sort of outside air. Some people like to use the term fresh air. I don't necessarily like using that because it depends who's next door. It might not be so Exactly, fresh.
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, and, of course, that's that's not a trivial engineering uh, endeavor
2: because you do have the heat exchange issues right? as well. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and sort of that's where you start to see that um, some of the things that we do in green building, sometimes they conflict with some of the other missions that we have, right? Ventilation is a good example where in our climate in South Florida, the hot, humid climate, introduction of more outside air is in direct conflict with our pursuit of energy savings, right? Uh, your AC's gotta work harder to remove that humidity and cool that air, right? Absolutely. Um, but, but. There's a trade-off there, and we believe, um, and I think the industry is pretty much there's consensus that indoor air quality is is important. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the forest for the trees, and we're we're talking only about energy efficiency, and we forget that our mission first and foremost should be not to hurt our occupants, right? Make sure that their indoor air quality, their building works for them, um, and so you know, well, ab- ab- absolutely. In fact, I think you you and
1: I will probably go even further that we want to enhance the the productivity of the worker in the yes. building, so that their so that their desktop is adequately lit, not yep. overlit, not underlit, yep. so that the uh, oxygen uh, content of the mm-hmm. air is you know is of a point where where someone can be effective at, at their job.
2: Yeah, no, you make a great point. So um, there's case studies out there that show that people with access to quality views um, have um, less absenteeism and greater productivity in the in the mm-hmm. workplace. Uh, people that are able to bike to work and, and see foliage on their way to work uh, or mm. through their window are more productive. And, and that's that's not just good for the occupant. That's good for business. No,
1: ex- ex- exactly. And, ve- and very often we just do not really take those somewhat softer factors into account. Right. There's one anecdotal story that there, there is a bit of scientific research about this that really that concerns me, that when you board an airliner and the air conditioner is not running, mm. There's a buildup of CO two, and did, so did you ever wonder why you get sleepy when you board an, air, <laughs> an aircraft? It's because of poor air quality right. in the aircraft before they start start yeah. up the ventilation system. Yeah. Um, well, Daniel, what are the? I mean, not the the world isn't all rosy, and not everyone is just embracing sustainability sure. engineering. Sure. So,
2: what yeah. obstacles do we have? Where and. and what obstacles let's start with that yeah so you know a lot of times we're we're brought on board in a project and and at times uh we can be seen as sort of a contentious figure right going back to um going back to that that phrase that i've heard quite a bit of but danny i've been doing this for 40 years right and well um that doesn't necessarily mean you've been doing it right right and so sometimes we have to have those difficult conversations where hey you know, I know that you've been doing it this way, and and you're you're sort of set in your ways. But, but let's try to reinvent the wheel a little bit here. Let's try to think a little bit differently, think outside the box. How can we? Um, ultimately, you've got to do this thing, right? So how do we get there, right? I think the the biggest obstacle we face is just resistance within the project team, right? Uh, not, not everyone is bought in. Not everyone necessarily wants to do it, and so. Sometimes um, we've got to herd cats and <laughs> and get people on board. Um, you know, and also sort of more specific to our climate is just it's a hot human climate and sure. to show energy savings is, is really tough. It, it can be very difficult for us to, to show a significant amount of energy savings in South Florida. What about, um, what about the uh, uh,
1: stakeholder engagement and actual consensus of the stakeholders. Not only does humidity conflict with energy savings in our environment, but
2: with all your different stakeholders, they might have competing interests too. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But you know, I tend to find that once people are in the building and come to understand why we implemented these systems or selected these materials, they tend to come around, right? The resistance is always, in the immediate. It's like a knee-jerk reaction of whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you know, I, I don't Got do it, it this way. I, right. I've i never bought that product. Mm-hmm. But then you go and you revisit them maybe a year at post-occupancy, and you speak to the management company, uh, and they say, you know what, this this actually worked out great. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the services that are required when you're pursuing a, a lead building is uh, building commissioning. Sure. And commissioning is essentially a, a third-party review of the energy consuming systems in the building to make sure that they're operating the way that the designer intended and meeting the owner's project requirements, right? Commissioning can add tremendous value and it can uh, reduce callbacks and maintenance issues and things like that. And so, in the beginning, the owner might say, Wow, you know, this is an expensive service and I've never done wow. this before. But then you visit them five years later and they said, Hey, I've got another building that we built exactly the same down the street. And I've got maintenance issues every single week, sure. but the one that you guys commissioned, you caught all the sort of little problem areas early, and my machines are running smoothly, and and I've reduced my maintenance costs, right? And so that, that's something that that if you if you don't have the foresight to really think about what that might how that might add value, um, you may not gain that added value.
1: No, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, commissioning is. Um, it, it's a complex system. It requires commissioning, sure. and the granularity of all those little pieces right. is is extreme.
2: Even balancing the VIV controllers in, yeah. in each room of, right. a, of a larger building right. is a is a big deal. Right. Sometimes even the even the smallest thing, like labeling of your uh, condenser water piping or your chilled water piping. If the maintenance mm-hmm. exactly. guy comes in and he doesn't know which one's supply and which one's return how's he gonna right. repair the system right and so exactly so, sometimes it's as primitive as that sometimes it's very technical um, but you know it's um, That's I mean fascinating. I, I could talk about this all day I, I,
1: I, I <laughs> so Daniel, what's so what do we see for the future of sustainability engineering
2: I think I think we're gonna see um, we're gonna move away from um, energy savings as our big metric for energy performance to uh, carbon reduction uh, decarbonization um i think that's going to be the the next wave uh, we're not going to look at okay you're saving x amount of dollars anymore we're talking about okay how much carbon are, are what's your carbon reduction uh how, can you can you have embodied um removal of, of carbon in your materials that kind of stuff that's sort of okay way out there kind of thinking um and I think indoor air quality and, and occupant comfort will continue to be at the forefront of what we do. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be sort of emerging technologies um, like solar. Um, even I, I just recently learned about a product uh, called hydro panels, um, which essentially remove uh, moisture from the the air uh, and provide potable water for occupants. And so it's it's that Beautiful. kind of sort of yeah you know. What 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 maybe ten years ago you thought system. was yep. right, what maybe that you thought was pie in the sky is now gonna to, gonna to be very prevalent, I think. That's great.
1: Well well Danny, we're
2: just about out of time. Do you have any last minute comments for our uh, audience? Yeah, I just want to take this opportunity to to plug uh, runbrook. Please uh, visit our website at runbrook.com Um, If you need anything from me and you want someone to talk your ear off about sustainability, you can reach me at D as in Daniel. And then my last name, Dennis, D-E-N-I-S, at Rumbrook.com. And yeah, I I really appreciate you having me here today.
1: Thanks, Danny. You you beat me to my last question, which is usually (laughs) please share your contact information. Well, there it is. Thank you very much for, for that. And I thank you to our audience again. And we look forward to seeing you on another edition of the Smart City Podcast.
0: Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities Podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things Smart Cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly to on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart-cities.